This is Richard Wiseman's On Your Mind with me, psychologist Professor Richard Wiseman. And me, science journalist Marnie Chesterton. This is the podcast where we delve into the psychology of everyday life and answer your questions about human behaviour. You should expect fascinating facts, scintillating science, and this might even improve your life. In this episode, we're talking about clothing. Do the clothes we wear affect the way we think? Does the colour of our clothes impact the way other people perceive us? And is being suited and booted for an interview a good idea? Can I just say that I've made an effort? Look, smart shoes. Very nice shoes. Very nice shoes. Really uncomfortable shoes. (laughs) You have suffered for this podcast. I have. Let's get on with the show. Is what we wear really that important? Yes. Yeah, I I kind of thought you were going to say that. That's why I spend so long thinking. In the morning, I get up. I think, my goodness, which suit should I put on today? Can I say that Richard is wearing a three-piece suit with a natty hippo print embedded into it. That's right. And the uh, the hippo hat that yep. goes with that. Yep. Uh, so, yeah, I'm very... No, I'm not. I'm, I'm sitting here, as always, in a T-shirt, jumper, jeans. Uh, so we're going to be talking about whether or not the way in which you're dressed affects uh, your life and how people perceive you and how you think and all these wonderful things. And the answer, before we get started, is that it really does matter. Uh, it's gutting. I'm really gutted about this because I kind of knew that. And it's not a skill that I have. And it's it's not a skill that listener Elliot seems to have either. He, he's written, how come some people haven't got a clue what colours go together and some people do? Is there any way to change this? I frequently have to ask my wife whether two things are reasonable together. Yes, um, I've... <laughs> I have felt his pain on many, many occasions. Always trust other people. That's why I say when it comes to to fashion. Um, I think there's a couple of things going on. I mean, there is some evidence that women can actually see a greater range of colours than men. So you show them sort of uh, different hues of colour and they can identify um, more colours than than men and have kind of more complicated words for colours. You know, men just go red blue and that's it basically oh we yes. say teal exactly yeah. yes you can play the teal card uh, and this is allegedly linked to uh testosterone uh in a way that well, I don't, makes you I, in a way that i do not understand at all i've, I've read the, i've read the I theories i read, read it. <laughs> <laughs> so i don't understand it but there's, there's biological explanations right i suspect it's more like everything else that i'm interested in socialized that if um you're female and you're told to look at, uh, pay a bit more attention to fashion and look at magazines, the way people are dressed. You just grow up with with more of that kind of input, and and so you become better off at identifying colours. But it's a fairly robust effect. They've done it several times. What, what, hang on. So this is a bit like if you practice playing the piano, you get better at playing the piano. Th- yes, I didn't. But I, I think in general, uh, people did. I mean, people just asked me to stop practicing yeah. uh, and um, also put some clothes on. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. That, I don't I think, know why, honestly. I, uh, honestly. You know, I, you're rocking that. It was a today. very conservative concert hall. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> so, yes. So, that's the idea is, is that if you get more input, if people say this is in fashion magazines and you should pay attention to what people are wearing, not surprisingly, you, you get to learn so that certain colour combinations are better than others, where if that's not the case, you don't learn. So, I suspect that's what's sitting under it. I'm a bit sceptical about biological differences, but who knows? Not my area. What we do know is there is an effect there. I love that you're like, maybe a biological thing, 
meh. Yeah, not interested. Yeah. Biology Who sounds cares? like well, it sounds like it doesn't change, doesn't it? Sounds like it's part of testosterone. Sounds like it's part of you, and that's that. And in which case, as a social psychologist, I'm like, yeah, whatever. How can we change people? Oh, look, socialization. Uh, that's interesting. So uh, that's where I always go with these things. As how you can know. we change people? Yes. <laughs> how can we improve people's lives? Evil Richard is coming out. <laughs> no, caring Richard. Oh, okay, okay. Yes. So change people for the better. Well, that's the general idea. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I mean, it would be. There's just a bit of me that's like, okay, how's he trying to change people so that he can make them into his army of, of I don't know, of of, of badly now, dressed? Yes. yes. <laughs> uh, no, I mean that's that's the thing. I mean, I don't know if anyone come to me and say, look, you know, I'm really happy and content with my life. How can you ruin that for me? It's it's not a, it's not a popular question. So no, normally we're doing things which which mean that people become happier, more content, or whatever. Which is what, what's the basis of hacks? Okay, so I'm really bad at knowing what to wear and mm-hmm. what colours go together. And so I've just got a uniform of jeans and yes. some nice tops in muted, blend into the background dark colours. Yes. That, that'll that do. Uh, that's fine. I mean, you are asking the wrong person because I'm in so a similar thing. Yes, in the kingdom of the blind. Exactly, exactly. Uh, so it all looks good to me and carry on doing that. Great, be, thanks. Uh, yes. We yeah. should get one of those fashion shows where we stop people in the street and go, are you fine wearing that? Yeah. Great. Great. Great, carry on. Carry on, as long as you're happy. Good. Uh, but it turns out it does matter. Some of this research conducted by friends of mine, Karen Pine, Ben Fletcher, uh, both used to be at University of Hertfordshire. Uh, in fact, Ben was head of department many years ago. He gave me my job uh, oh. originally, all those years ago. So lovely how man. terrible is his work? <laughs> lovely man, great judgment. <laughs> and so they did some work which, which shows that even these very small cues, they, they show people photographs of guys that were dressed in either a sort of made-to-measure suit or an off-the-peg suit. Both suits, very nice. But that small difference, made-to-measure or not, big difference in how they're perceived, in that people went, oh, it's made-to-measure suit, probably a more reliable person, should be paid more, more intelligent, more successful. All these things start to go through people's heads when they're looking at clothes um, people wear. And it's not conscious. We don't realise we're doing it. But it's one of those first impression type things. And unfortunately, that then matters because you then start to change how you act towards that person. You ask them different types of questions, which then reinforce the theories that you've got. So if you go to a party and you think you're meeting up with an extrovert, you kind of go, oh, you know, done any skydiving recently. You don't find out they're a huge book fan. And it's exactly the same here. So you think, oh, this person's successful, so you're more likely to give them the job, in which case they're more likely to be successful, and so on. So these small little clothing cues do matter. Where I work, I work in radio, and radio people tend to be quite scruffy. Mm. Um, So my old department had one suit jacket between all of us. Must have been huge. It was Actually, I brought one in so that the women had one as well. But it was basically if anyone had to go on telly to tell the telly people what was happening, we'd take the suit jacket so that we looked smart enough. Right. I thought you meant you all fitted in here. I'm sorry. Okay. I know a joke about that, but it's rude. Um, then the telly people, and telly's a bit different, and they're less scruffy. Actually, they're really smart. They don't look like proper humans. They, they look like they've just come off a fashion shoot. But they get paid more, and there might be something in this. <laughs> it could be. It could be. And also, within with any one cohort, there's going to be people that, that dress for success, as it were. And... You might look at that and go, oh, you know, sure, it doesn't have an impact. But a lot of this research suggests that it actually does. What I'm really interested in is the fact that it also impacts on how not only you see yourself, but how you think. So this is called enclosed cognition. 
the clothes you wear impacting on the thoughts you have. What what kind of thoughts? Like you're wearing cool clothes, so you think, I'm cool? Yeah, more confident and and so on. The original research by Adam and Galinsky uh, in uh, 2012 looked at if you put somebody in a white doctor's coat, you would think, oh, they're going to be better at sort of detailed analytical tasks. So that's what they did. Brought in a bunch of students, put some of them into a white coat, others not, and have them carry out what's called the Stroop task, which psychologists love. I noticed there's, um, uh, on the sofa next to us, there Mm. is a white coat. Well, I thought we could reconstruct this classic experiment. Okay. uh, Using you. Okay. So uh, here's my doctor's coat, which I think dates back, I would think about 20 years ago, because I had to dress up as a scientist when we first launched Laugh Lab, uh, the Search the World's Funniest Joke. And so I think uh, this was the the coat I was wearing all those years ago back then. I found it in my dressing up chest. Did this make you feel more like a legitimate scientist? <laughs> Thank you very much. Thank you. Like no, because such a thing scientist. isn't possible. I, was, I, I, I think I did. I think I did. I put it on and uh, I suddenly felt like a physicist because uh, psychologists are always very envious of physicists because they're proper scientists. I mean, and, everyone's envious of yes. physicists. They understand uh, how the world works. So it does. It dates back a bit. Anyway, I thought you might want to, to put this on and when we could, I could give you the Stroop test. Tell me about the Stroop test. What is the Stroop test? Stroop test. Psychologists love the Stroop test. And basically, what we've got here is a bunch of words like blue, red, yellow, and so on. Oh, yes, of colours. Yes, yes. But the words themselves are not printed in the colour that they describe. So yellow might be printed in red ink. And what you need to do is ignore the word and, and say the colour of the ink. Okay. which is quite a difficult thing to do. So what I was going to do was have you whip down one list uh, here and I will time you. Then we'll put on the, the uh, white coat and the difference you will see. It will be incredible. Okay. Right, OK, so we, if we just go down this column here, but hold on a second, uh, let me just get this up and running. Uh, let's go with uh, stopwatch. Right, OK, so we're whipping down one column here. Yep. That's it. And uh, naming the ink, uh, colour of the ink, in your own time, go. Red, blue, yellow, blue, red, blue, Green, yellow, green, blue, blue, red, yellow, blue, 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 green, yellow, blue, red. That was very good. That was surprisingly hard. That was very good. It is a difficult thing to do, isn't it? Um, But you did that in 13 seconds. Okie doke. Right. now. Again, again. Slip on. Slip on this coat. Okay. There we go. Oh. Right. Now you don't need to do that. No? No. no, I'm going to do the poppers up. Really? I'm going to do it properly. Right. Okay. Oh, suddenly I feel as like the scientist. (laughs) Yeah. You've now got a rather natty scientific um, doctor's coat. Oh, yeah. How do you feel? I feel legit, baby. <laughs> I feel like diagnosing someone. More confident? Yeah. Yes. Uh, good. Well, there's a second column there of um, of words. Remember, there's incongruence between the, the, the words themselves and the colour ink. And what you need to do is whip down that second column and tell us just the colour that the words are printed in in your own time starting now. Yellow... Ah, green, yellow, red, green, green, blue, yellow, blue, red, yellow, blue, green, green, red, green, blue, <laughs> yellow. Ah, no, that's red, uh, yellow, blue, blue. Well, that was a disaster. That, <laughs> that, that 
came in at 25 seconds, which is actually longer than the 13 seconds you took without the coat. It's the exact opposite of... um, uh, of what they found uh, <laughs> in the uh, the original study. I just, I think the pressure of being a doctor got to me. She's <laughs> <laughs> not used to that level of responsibility. I know. This is, this, suddenly it's life or death, Richard. <laughs> There's a small child somewhere that needs me to get this right. Um, so that's the exact opposite, as I say, of, uh, of what they found. So that was a uh, what we would call uh, a failure. <laughs> uh, but we're, it's been done many times with, with more sensible people than you, oh. and, uh, and they found the opposite. And, of course, here I was thinking, actually, you might be second, a good second time around because of a practice effect, because you've already done that sort of thing once. Yeah. Um, but it turns out that... Not, that not not even, that, no, not even that. Not even that. Uh, Aesthetic. So, yes. Yeah, so, so yes. So that's thing called enclosed cognition, and it's quite a lot of it. And so interesting work. So if you've got, uh, you give people sunglasses, designer sunglasses. Some of them genuine, some of them fake, and they know that they've either got expensive sunglasses or, or a fake. Put them on. Uh, they're more likely to cheat in tests when they've got the fake sunglasses on. Why? What? Because there's somebody wearing something that's not genuine, that's fake. So if they're prepared to wear those, maybe they're not an entirely honest person. They also see other people as more dishonest around them. What, because you know that you've bought some Ray-Bans from a guy at a boot sale? Exactly. I might have recently done this. (laughs) He had Don't a really wear them. thing is he he had a really good he had a whole sign up saying that these are legit. Oh, I imagine that's and, fine. And, and, and he printed out and laminated a piece of paper saying, you know, this is my license from Kent Police right. to sell these. Yes. And he said, oh, they're impounded from customs, and I just kept going. I don't think they're real. But, right. you know, they look real. Yes. 20 quid. Do you have a big sign saying, are you gullible? Look, I just figured if I couldn't tell the difference, then maybe it didn't matter. But now I'm worried that they don't have the right lenses in them to actually deal with <laughs> any kind well, of that may not UV. be the big worry. The big worry is that you know you're putting something on that, that's not legit and that might impact on the, on your thinking. Another one, designer handbags. Yeah. So you either uh, give somebody a designer handbag or a uh, non-designer handbag, a knockoff. And again, it has a big impact that they then are prepared to cheat more, again, in a test. And also not to be so kind to others when they've got the designer handbag. Because suddenly they become high status. It all becomes about them. They start being less caring about other people. However, the test for whether or not they're caring is perhaps not the most uh, convincing. There's a few pens on the desk when you're filling out a survey. And you can either take the new pen or you can take the one that looks like it's been chewed for 20 minutes by a dog. And in these ones, if you've got the designer handbag, you're more likely to take the pristine pen and leave the chewy pen for somebody yep. else. You're I mean, saying yes as if that, that's exactly what you would do. I, d- I don't think I'd deliberately take the chewy pen if there's a nice one. I would. Is that, Really? Yeah, I would say that good pen, that needs to go to somebody else. I'd take the chewy one. Oh. Yeah. But, you, you know, kind again, and... I know. I know. Other words that are a bit like kind. Yes, angelic. Angelic. Yeah. Uh, and I'm not in one sitting here wearing a doctor's jacket. Look, yeah, I'm a lifesaver. Uh, so all these things showing us that it's not just the way in which people perceive you and how they act towards you, but actually it changes your own thinking as well. You're listening to Richard Wiseman's On Your Mind. And this episode, we're talking about the psychology of clothing. Can we talk about colour? Yes. We've had a question about colour from listener Marty, and he says, for the last couple of years, I've found myself only wearing white T-shirts, but I can't explain why. 
They feel more clean and comfortable to me. But what could the underlying subconscious reason be for me only wearing that colour? And what impression does only wearing white T-shirts give to people that I talk to? I think that's a, that's a very good question. There is more research about the impact of wearing black. I tend to wear black T-shirts, which also gave rise to one of my most embarrassing moments, which is that I was in the wings about to walk on to give a talk with a black T-shirt on. And about a thousand people out there. And the stage manager looked and she noticed that there was um, a little bit of thread on my black T-shirt. So she very kindly leant over and took it off. What it actually was, was one of my white chest hairs coming through. <laughs> <laughs> so she pulled that out, which first of all hurt, second, <laughs> left her holding one of my chest hairs, just as I was announced and I had to walk on. And I've never been so pleased to walk on anywhere in my entire life. Really embarrassing. Did you just leave her? Oh, yeah. Holding, oh, yeah. holding one of your chest <laughs> yes, Exactly, yes. <laughs> so uh, it was a little gift. I didn't know how to say thank you. So uh, that's why I left her. If I'd been wearing a white T-shirt, none of that would have happened. <laughs> So what is it? What is it about Marty's white T-shirt? I mean, what, <laughs> so, so the thing with do people see him differently? Um, I, I think probably they do. So, so the research, which goes back to Gilovich and, and Frank, so very well-known psychologists, they were looking at the impact of wearing black and they looked at it within a sports context. So you take the teams that wear black outfits and you look at their behaviour, if it's football, or it's American football, on the pitch. And there's various ways of measuring whether or not they're being overly aggressive in mm. terms of the number of penalties they get and how long they're out of the game for and all this sort of thing. And the teams wearing black were more aggressive than the teams wearing any other colour. They did it again with hockey. You get exactly the same patterning. Then, because there's a slight worry that aggressive players are simply attracted to teams wearing black, yeah. you can take people and put on either black or white outfits and then you can give them a range of games to play some of which sound a lot more aggressive than others like like what do you have any details on i do killing sticks oh, pretty or pretty much or tiddlywinks the, the dart gun duel <laughs> the dart, dart gun duel yep. which was one of the, as you might imagine on the more aggressive end yep. versus yep. the um the putting uh, okay. contest which is a bit more passive if you're in black you are uh, choosing the more aggressive you're going to go games. dart gun absolutely you're after that dark gun all the time. So I think there is something in that, that, that white is sort of associated with kind of perhaps more on the honest end of that spectrum, the less aggressive end. So it might be helpful there. It depends what you're doing. If you're in a sports team, maybe being aggressive is a good idea. I don't know. I wonder if that's changed the kit designs over the years when people know that psychology and thinking uh, Galatasaray. Oh. which is a football team that I have seen in mm. a football match that I have seen. I've seen a football match. Right, OK. I'm down with the football. Yes. Now, I used to live near Arsenal. And right. I went up and I said, hello, I'd like to see one of your football matches. And they said, are you... Do you, have, do, you have, do you have a ticket? Do you right. have a... And I was like, They're no, no. so unreasonable at these <laughs> stadiums, aren't they? They no, are no, no, so no. unreasonable. No, it wasn't just like, do you have How a season they? ticket? It was, they said, are you a member? And I said, no. And they said, well, you have to be a member to buy a ticket. And so it was, I had to pay 50 quid in order to buy the right to try and buy a spare ticket for that season which, given that 50 quid was more than I was willing to spend anyway. Anyway, they said, we've got this match. Hold a second, why are we, why are we spending this kind of money to see a football match? Oh, well, I just thought, 
oh, I live in this area now. I'd quite like to see inside the massive okay. Arsenal stadium. So I ended up buying a ticket for a game that didn't matter at all. Right. And it was Arsenal versus Galatasaray. And Galatasaray were black mm. and they are notoriously aggressive players. There we go. There we go. So I don't know whether teams were on it. Of course, you couldn't have everyone wearing black. So you couldn't be able to tell one team from the other. But there might be something there. Uh, the, the research is pretty clear cut on it again. And there's been lots of this sort of work. I mean, the classic one is Zimbardo's study with uh, you take students, you randomly assign them to being guards or prisoners. You dress up the guards as guards, prisoners, prisoners. You have this kind of mock prison set up and the guards all turn aggressive and the prisoners all turn uh, quite passive. Now, that, that study's been criticised all over the place recently. But still, it's that fundamental idea that the clothes we wear means that we adopt a certain identity or it tells us something about status or confidence or the way in which we think and that that then becomes self-fulfilling prophecy. So actually, wearing certain sorts of clothing might be one of the quickest ways of achieving some of these things. So white T-shirt, for me, is something that's kind of iconic and it's it makes me think of the leading man in American movies, from, from James okay. Dean up to Tom Cruise. So I don't know whether that's something that other people associate or whether that's just a kind of personal thing. For me, because of what's in my wardrobe, a white T-shirt would mean I've run out of black T-shirts. <laughs> Why do you even own a... Just dye them all black. That's a good idea, actually, yeah. So so I I don't have those associations, but certainly these things are obviously going to be stereotypes. They're going to be culturally determined. So, yeah, if certain film characters are wearing certain clothing, that's how we see it. And again, we're told these things from a very young age, so they're embedded in our unconscious. What about goths? Because they wear a lot of black and they are not aggressive people in my experience. They are some of the gentlest people. Do people maybe wear black? Because, you you know, you're not a particularly violent character. Not Um, that I know of. Not that you know of. But do people, are they drawn to black because maybe it fulfils something it kind of gives them you know that that shield of oh don't mess with me without them actually having to act I'm, that out in their personality i'm not certain i think the thing about goths they're not they're not just dressing in black they're doing other things which assume that identity and that identity will be associated with all sorts of traits and as you say aggression isn't one of them but once you get to be i don't know a football player or a hockey player then that's different because in that context there's the potential for aggression. So these things are quite subtle. And in fact, if you look at the enclosed cognition work, it can be the smallest of things where there's like a single button undone, for example, can, can signify one thing versus another. So they're, qu- they're quite subtle effects. The one which isn't, where there's most evidence for, um, is the red dress effect, which is, which is? which is what you might imagine, which is that uh, when women are wearing the colour red, particularly a red dress, they're seen as, as more sexy, seen as more attractive and that seems to be a universal effect you get it in a lot of different studies and that men then start to behave quite differently towards them oh god so a, in what way and so this is research by andrew elliott and his colleagues you say to a man this is the woman who's going to come in the room in a minute and you show them a photograph of someone who's either dressed in a red t-shirt for example or, or a white one you then say here's a list of questions that you can chat to them about And some of those questions are a little bit more intimate than others. If they think they're going to meet somebody in a red T-shirt, they tend to choose the more intimate questions. You then say, can you just arrange two chairs? And you look at the distance between the two chairs, how close the guy thinks he's going to be sitting to the woman. Red T-shirt, they put those two chairs closer together. 
So there's something a bit weird going on there. Some people would argue this kind of evolutionary thing, and other people would argue it's socialised, that red is associated with danger signals, for example, and so it simply gets more of your attention and so on. Isn't that all cultural, though? Because, I mean, red's... In Chinese, it's it's lucky, right? What's interesting about this effect is that some people claim it's universal. You do get it in other cultures, which would lean towards an evolutionary uh, argument. But then you know, people like me would be a little bit sceptical of that. So these, these effects are quite curious. Um, can I bring in a question we've got from listener Sam Riley about dressing for work? And I love this one because I work somewhere where people are generally quite scruffy because no one needs to know what we look like. It's all about what you sound like. He says, I went for an interview at a design agency where people wear pretty much whatever they want, but it felt wrong somehow going to the interview dressed really casually. But then when I got there, I felt really out of place wearing something smart. Is it better to be too smart or too casual? I would argue that it's better to, if you want, to to fit in. And that's your main thing, that you feel comfortable in that group. And so the problem would be if you turn up looking quite smart and they're all very casual or vice versa, you're going to think, maybe this isn't the group for me. And we're very sensitive to to group signals. We've spoken before about the fact that, you know, when everyone behaves in a certain way, we all tend to comply uh, with that particular way of doing it. Yeah, but if you're going to overdo it or underdo it, I'd say overdo it because you're in an interview situation. And that signals, I've made an effort, I'm trying to make an effort, even if it doesn't mean you're fitting in. Whereas, you know, turning up in, I don't know, cut off denim thong trousers uh, with your ass hanging out. (laughs) It's just you might have thought was a bold look and then turns out to be a dress code offensive. Yeah, and I I think that there's also room for honesty that if you think, hold on a second, I've misjudged this, just say that. Just say, actually, I don't normally dress like this. I just put it on the interview or or whatever. I think people respond well to authenticity of just being straightforward if you think you've made a little bit of a mistake. Um, Another one of Dale Carnegie's big tips, I'm a big Dale Carnegie fan, is that you make a mistake, just say sorry quickly and uh, and get on with it. Don't try and um, uh, bluff it out too much. But yeah, I think you're right. If in in general, you can probably err on the side of perhaps being a little bit smarter than uh, a bit more casual. But I I think the, the key thing is to to try and judge it with that group because they will have their own norms. And if you want to fit in with that group, that's the, the way it kind of goes. So I've told you about scruffy radio people group dynamic. Have you worked in, can you see sort of different science tribes? That's an interesting one. Academics, are, in my experience, are not the best dressed people in the world. Uh, psychologists tend to be quite casual. And I always think that as a group, they're not the most sensitive to how other people perceive them. So, and certainly... Or don't care. Or don't care. Because they're better than that. Yeah, magicians are the other group I hang out with a lot because they do tend to wear black uh, because it's quite handy with some magic tricks. There's a certain smell that goes with magicians. (laughs) Uh, This is a whole episode on its own. Tell me more about the smell of magicians. Mm, Is it magic? No, it's not. Uh, It's memorable. Is it sweat? (laughs) That is closer to that, yes. So in summary, we've talked about how wearing a lab coat makes you smarter apart from me. For everyone in the world except for you. Yeah. So we've looked at in clothes cognition, the fact that the clothes you wear changes how you think uh, in terms of how kind you are, how dishonest you might be, certainly in, in terms of how mentally sharp. Uh, you are. We've looked at the red dress effect yep. and the fact that it, it perhaps gets you a 
lot of attention and you might be seen as more attractive. And we've also looked at the fact that the clothes you wear obviously affect how people see you and that very subtle changes can have quite a big impact and how you see yourself. So you might think the clothes you wear don't matter and they absolutely do. Damn it. and Telltale. This has been Richard Wiseman's On Your Mind. Hosted by Professor Richard Wiseman and Marnie Chesterton. Our producer is Kate White. The executive producers for Podomo are Jake Chudno and Matt White. And for Telltale are Rami Sabar and Jago Lee. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at WisemanPod. Where we'll be regularly asking you for questions for future episodes. You can also email us at WisemanPod at Podomo.com And if you like this podcast, tell your friends. Leave us a review. If you don't like it tell your friends you did why should you be the only ones to suffer although it does help others find us and don't forget to subscribe thanks 